Well, good evening. It is nice to see everyone uh, back out tonight. So, we are still in the midst of what the world considers a holiday season. And I'm sure most of you, except maybe Tommy and David, uh, got some good gifts. They probably got lumps of coals. But I'm just messing with those two guys because I know I can. But uh, isn't it something that we all enjoy this time of year? It's, it's getting a gift. We all enjoy getting gifts. So I thought while we're still in this holiday season, we're still in this mindset about getting gifts and receiving gifts, why not talk about the greatest gift that we could ever get? So we enjoy getting gifts, right? I mean, we're at Christmas. We got gifts. We all had a really good time, I'm sure, going in, tearing the paper, seeing what someone had taken the time, effort, and thought to get for you and and really enjoy the present and the gift that you received. We do that for birthdays. We do that for anniversaries, for all different reasons. But in my estimation, some of the best gifts you ever get are just those just because gifts. No real reason. Just, you know, I was thinking about you, so I got you this. Doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be elaborate, doesn't have to be expensive. Just thought of you, wanted to get you this. Those are the gifts I really like. But we all, to some extent, really enjoy getting gifts. What about the other side of it? Have to do about better standing, be sure it's showing. Do you enjoy giving gifts to folks? Well, I'm sure you do. Because it allows us to spend some time and and some thought about that individual and and put forth an effort just to let them know how we feel about them. That that we care for them, we're concerned about them, and we like to express those feelings to them with some memento, something that they can look at and say, you know, that Jamie cat, he ain't that bad. He, He gave me that bag of coffee or whatever. Those are nice gifts. We enjoy giving gifts. You like to see the joy and the happiness that something that you give to someone, it brings to them, it lifts them up, particularly when someone maybe is in in a period of, of distress. They're going through some sort of trial or turmoil in their life and just the smallest thing that you could give them helps to lift up their spirits and maybe bring a little bit of spark back to them. So we like to give gifts also. Well, while we're thinking about these gifts, did you ever get those gifts that just weren't that good? My poor little grandma, my grandma Brock, that lived up in Spencer, Tennessee, we would go to her house, and almost every single Christmas when I was a little bit of kid, she would have me a pair of socks. And I know she meant that in the best way, but as a little kid... I wasn't looking for no socks when I opened that present. I wanted something, you know, I could play with. Or at least I could eat. But I got the socks. I know she meant well. There's some family members that I live with that will remain nameless that says, don't ever get me a vacuum. Because, number one, I have to work with it. Number two, you're telling me I'm not a good housekeeper. So I don't want a vacuum for Christmas. Okay, Titans fans. This year is not a good year to get Titans gear. You hadn't noticed, they're not really that good. So Titans paraphernalia this year is not a really good gift. And this last one is probably for the younger generation. You got your new game or your new gaming system. And you're all excited and you want to go exercise your thumbs. 
and the Lizard Crew hacked the Xbox and the PlayStation networks, and you weren't able to play your new game for two or three days. Oh, the drama. I'm telling you. If I heard PSN's not up one time, I've heard it a thousand times over the past couple of days. Good news is it's back up and working now. But we get sometimes those gifts that just, you know, aren't those things that we were really looking forward to. But then we really get those gifts that kind of rock. Okay, personally, I've never experienced any of these, but maybe some of you guys are luckier than I am. But a new car, you always see that commercial on television where they come out and everybody's like, ooh, a new car. Well, they put a new twist on it this year because you've got the little kids there and they're trying to figure out how Santa got a new car into the house. And so you see the parents coming up with all these elaborate stories of how they got, Santa got the new car. And the one I saw just before we left here was it was kind of like a transformer. So all the pieces were in the bag and they put in the part and it came up and it's a new car, yay. Or a dream vacation. You know, what do you, if you want to go to Alaska or the Bahamas, or I don't know where you want to go. How's that for one of those gifts that just really are outstanding? A cruise, never been on a cruise. My sister's been on a couple, seems to really enjoy them. Diamonds, jewelry, wonderful gifts. So we've had both, good gifts, bad gifts. What about that other side we talked about earlier, where you like to give gifts to folks? When we, when we give gifts to individuals, we see these kinds of different reactions, don't we? Well, we got some good reactions, some positive reactions. Oh, they're really overjoyed. They're tickled. They're emotional. They're excited over what you gave them. And then you got those that aren't so positive, kind of disappointed, maybe insulted a little bit. That would be that vacuum we talked about earlier. Maybe even offended. You know, I wouldn't know how to feel if somebody got me a uh, South Beach diet book. That, that might have, it may be the truth, but it still might offend me. So you get positive, you get negative reactions. And as parents, I know you are like me, those of you that have kids, you get confused. Because you go out and you fight the crowds and you get the, whatever the hottest gift is this year for your little one. And oh, they tear it open and they're so excited. And then all of a sudden the gift's over here and they're playing with the box. And they just spend hours playing with the box. And you're going, but there's the gift. So you get these confused reactions. So all this kind of brings our thoughts around the gifts we experience in, in this life physically. But you know, any of that stuff that we've talked about, it, it, it doesn't even slightly compare to, to what God can give to us. When God gives us all kinds of gifts, but tonight we're talking and thinking about the greatest gift. And that greatest gift is salvation. All those things we talked about, don't care what they are. The car, the crew, the diamonds. I know diamonds are a, a girl's best friend and they're supposed to last forever, but guess what? They don't last forever. They are not eternal all those things that we talked about are just temporary things that bring us moments of enjoyment, yes. They are blessings within themselves, yes. But they don't last. Salvation, on the other hand, is the greatest gift because it is not temporary if we conduct ourselves properly. It does last and it is eternal. That 
that in and of itself makes it the greatest gift that any of us in this auditorium or outside of this auditorium could ever hope to receive. When Christ talked about this a little bit, he characterized the value of salvation in this way. He used a bit of an analogy as, as salvation as a treasure. He said in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19 through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures that are on earth, where the moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and they steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So when Christ talks about salvation as this treasure, He says you need to focus on the one that's not going to deteriorate, that is not going to go down with age, and that is salvation. That is that great gift that we're talking about. So for the next few minutes, we're going to look at three points very, very briefly. And I know you guys are going, okay, Tony covers three points in about 45 minutes. Ain't going to take that long. Number one, because I'm congested. Number two, because we had some stuff up front. But three points. The gift, the giving, and the getting. So the gift. What is the gift? Who is it intended for? Well, obviously it is intended for everyone. All men, every nation under the world. That includes us. You look at what the scripture says about it in just a couple places. There's lots of other places, but we'll just look at a few. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of, of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. When Christ gave the Great Commission, this account from the book of Mark, chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. The gift of salvation is intended for everybody. No one is excluded. God wants everyone in His creation to receive this gift. So what precisely is it? I know we talk about it, but in a little more detail. Well, um, Paul, when he talks to the church at Galatia in chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, he characterizes it or talks about it as a deliverance from evil. He says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and our Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. A deliverance from this evil age. You look at the writings that Paul sent uh, that Paul sent to Rome and that John penned, or that was in the book of John. Both of those he characterizes it as an everlasting life. We understand that the book of Romans tells us that the wages of sin are death, that death being a permanent separation. 
So this everlasting life he speaks about in chapter 6, verse number 23 that Philip read. The wages of sin is death, but the gift, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 3.16, we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's part of what salvation means to us. Deliverance from evil, everlasting life with God. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So when we think about the greatest gift, we know it is salvation. So what about the giving? When we give gifts, we talked about it earlier, we want to show someone that we love them. We care for them. We have compassion for them. And we want to demonstrate that. This is true with God. God gives us this gift of salvation because of His great love for us. You look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, and that's exactly how the writer characterizes it. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love which He loved, with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. God has a great love for us, else He would not provide this gift, this great gift of salvation. And not only does, does He love us, He loves us so much that He provides this gift freely. When I say freely, what I mean is we did not earn it there's not a one of us that deserves it or are entitled to it. He gives it to us simply because He loves us. You look at Romans chapter 5, verse number 18. Therefore, as through, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even, though, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Again, in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He loves us. That's why we have this great gift. And that is how He gives it to us. Because He loves us, and He gives it to us freely, even though we don't necessarily deserve it. So our last point, the getting. Tried to come up with some real good way to make the three letters match, and the getting was the best I could come up with. So I get the gift, right? So I, although God gives us this gift freely because I don't deserve it, let's be clear on one point. He does not force it on anyone. He gives it freely the opportunity is yours and mine, but He will not force you to take it. If it were that simple, Brother Allen and I would load up the truck, put a tarp in the back, fill it full of water, and go down the street baptizing people. If it was that simple, but it's not. We, we, have, we have something to do with this, this getting of the gift. We have to take it. We, we have to accept the gift that is offered. There's lots of places in the scripture we can go to and look, but I just picked out one. We'll look at it as an example. 
You're all very familiar with Acts chapter 8 and the encounter that Philip has with the Ethiopian unit. We won't read all the scriptures. We'll touch on a thought or two there. But but you recall that Philip went up and he met up with the chariot that the eunuch was riding in and the eunuch had, had the scriptures open there and he was reading through it and, and and Philip got up and asked him, do you understand? He said, how can I understand if someone tells me? So Peter started preaching to it, teaching in the gospel. And then a little bit later on in the encounter, verse numbers 36 and 37, we see this. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, well, just go on. It's obvious. Just go. It's okay. Nothing hinders you. It's all right. Go. No, Philip said, if you believe, if you believe with all your heart, then you may. And that's not just a verbal acclamation because we see the eunuch now being obedient to the gospel plan in baptism. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then you know that then Philip and the eunuch both left the chariot, went down, and, and that he was baptized. We have an obligation to take this great gift of salvation that God has given us, to accept it, to receive it. But you know what? Even though it is the greatest gift that we could ever hope for, it can be rejected. It can be refused. Again, we'll look at one example from the Scriptures. Matthew chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. Talking about Christ. It says, Now as he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear fault witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Then the young man answered him and said, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Verse number 21. Jesus looking at him, loved him. He loved him and he said to him, One thing you lack, go your way. Sell whatever you have. Give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross. And follow me. And then we see the rejection. Verse number 22. He was sad at this word and he went away sorrowful because he had many things. It's a great gift. One that's almost beyond comprehension. But we can reject it. If we choose to ignore what the Bible says about the plan of salvation. But not only can it be rejected or refused, it can be returned. You see, the Hebrew writer, when we, when we in our lives let this world get in the way, let this world distract us, let this world become in our way, oftentimes we forfeit that gift. The Hebrew writer talks about it in these words. I use the American Standard Version because I thought it just presented what the writer was trying to say a little bit better. It says, for as though touching those who were once enlightened and tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit and tasted the good works of God and the powers of the age to come, they received the gift. They had the gift. Verse number 6. And then fell away. It's impossible to renew them again unto repentance. 
seeing that they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh. And they put Him up to an open shame. We can give the gift back. We can return it if we turn our backs on a righteous life. So in conclusion, the gift of salvation is unquestionably the greatest gift we could ever hope for. God, in His great love toward us, has freely offered it to every one of us. So tonight, the real question is, will you accept that gift tonight? By responding to the gospel plan of salvation, hearing His word, believing it, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ as the Son of God, and then being buried with baptism. That's how you accept the greatest gift that you'll ever get in your life. Unfortunately, if maybe you're in the position that that you've sent that gift back, well, we can fix that too. You can reclaim that gift tonight simply through repenting of your sins and having prayers with the church. So tonight, if you haven't taken that gift, won't you make it right tonight? Won't you accept it while we sing our invitation song?